A Thoughtful Faith Podcast is a production of Mormon Stories and the Open Stories Foundation. All donations to A Thoughtful Faith are tax-deductible and go directly towards keeping the podcast alive and towards building a community of support for Mormons like you. To support the podcast or to join the community, please become a monthly subscriber today at athoughtfulfaith.org. Thank you for joining us on another episode of A Thoughtful Faith. I am Micah Nicolaisen, and I will be your host today. And uh, tonight I am very pleased to be joined by Dr. Jeremy Timothy, who is a pediatric neurologist. Dr. Timothy, thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you. Jeremy reached out to us and was interested in sort of talking about uh, different issues um, related to faith, related to medicine, related to science and uh, his experiences treating sort of sick and, you know, uh, disabled children and sort of that, how that has affected more his, his Mormonism and his sort of perspective on, on faith and things like that. And so uh, we definitely were really stoked about that, and we think it's going to be a really interesting conversation. And uh, again, thanks for, thanks for volunteering. Okay. Well, thanks. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, kind of, uh, you know, the way I usually like to sort of proceed in these interviews is mm-hmm. I, uh, I think our listeners would really like to understand kind of what your backstory is, kind of what your flavor of Mormonism is that you sort of appreciate and, and subscribe to. So, um, so yeah, tell us what we need to know about Jeremy Timothy. Well, um, I grew up in one of the most Mormon of Mormon towns imaginable, Sugar City, Idaho, uh, where I don't think that there was a, I don't think I really knew a non-member <laughs> growing up. <laughs> and uh, it was a very conservative, Bruce R. McConkey literal kind of place. Um, Although Laurel Thatcher Ulrich is from the same city. So, okay, you know, cool. Okay, that's right. That's where won, I've heard of it She before. won the Pulitzer the, when I was in high school. It was interesting. Very cool. Um, but, uh, and uh, I was raised by a father who was, you know, very active, very faithful, very literal, and a mother who I think is a closet liberal. So you're raised in a very sort of literal believing home, sort yes. of McConkie Mormons, that that kind of thing. Yeah, that's cool. And um, and what was your what was your you know religious community like? What was your ward like growing up there? Uh, Close knit. I mean, it was the part of the community it was your social life. It was pretty much everything you did. And like I said, I didn't really know any non Mormons. I, you know, they'd push missionary work, and I'd be like. To who? I mean, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there just wasn't anyone in the entire town, uh, and it, it was interesting. Um, okay, so um, uh, and how many, uh, like, how many generations? Can uh, you go five back? generations back, okay. both sides. So back, uh, my pretty far. My grandmother is the closest convert in World War II. My grandfather picked her up from across Canada. Oh, nice! That's cool. Yeah. 
Um, so you so you grew up in in uh, Sugar City, right? That's the mm -hmm. name. And then, um, like, did you? Is that where you stayed and through high school and? Yeah, one place. I I mean, I was born Provo, um, to my parents attending school, and from the time I was three on, uh, we lived there. Had our house uh, flattened by a flood in 1976. I don't know if you ever heard of the Teton Dam. Oh, oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, crazy. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so after high school, um, you went to you went to Utah State, right? Right. Okay. Cool. Right. Now, Sugar City is that pretty? Is that part of like the that that Logan Preston? No. It, okay. It's uh, five minutes out of Rexburg, and the whole oh, town, okay. in fact, is essentially hired or works at, at or is connected in some way to. Rick's and BYU, BYU Idaho. Okay. Yeah, it was Rick's College all growing up. My father's worked there forever. And so, was there any problem with you not going to Rick's then? <laughs> well, that's what I was <laughs> or... <laughs> expected to do. I mean, it was free for that two years um, because you get half price at BYU. And since it was a two year college, they decided to give you the whole two years. And I had always planned on that. I thought that's what I was going to have to do. But I was kind of bookish. Um, and uh, actually, I can thank my high school counselor for Utah State because he applied me on his own. I, I just thought I'd have to go to Rick's. There really wasn't any choice. And uh, I got a full, full scholarship to, with tuition um, and books to, to Utah State. So, so and, it wasn't like it was you were like trying to get out of town and get away? Well, and, no, no, no. Uh, I wanted to get out. I really... Actually, I didn't you know, like Rick's. It's just that I had such a small perspective coming from small, such a small place. I didn't really envision the other possibilities. It's like I just thought I might, I was trapped there. I mean, or at least trapped starting there. Uh, but actually, I found Rick's to be kind of stifling with their dress codes and you know, facial hair and you know, shorts and. I didn't think I could live like that. I, I really didn't especially like the idea of going to Rick's. I just didn't know, you know, how many other choices there were. Gotcha. Even though I did well enough in school, I could have had lots and lots of choices. I applied like, well, like I said, my counselor is the one who got me the scholarship. I didn't even push it on my own. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. yeah, you can tell you come from a small town if... <laughs> If uh, going to the big city is going to Logan, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> uh, so that's interesting. So, yeah. um, so I kind of got ahead of myself. So, were there any like um, sort of foundational, sort of religious or spiritual experiences growing up that kind of stick out to you? Well, um, I was very religious, kind of unusually religious growing up um, because I struggled uh, from an early age. Um, I, uh, part of the reason I struggled is because I thought, you know, if you're righteous, everything will turn out right for you. Of course, I was 12. I, who doesn't think that way then? But in a place where everyone's Mormon, People, kids at school, because they're seventh grade and not socially intelligent at all, um, bullied in all the 
bad things that happen at school happen there as well as everywhere else and it always bugged me i'm like well you know we belong to the true church how can that sort of thing exist and i actually it, it was bad enough that i i went into what i now recognized as a depression and uh at a very early age and part of that's you know chemistry and family history and stuff uh but um uh i think i was i don't know if i've i used to go to the stake center when it was closed and go into the chapel and just pour my heart out like you would at a catholic church <laughs> really and and plead for things to get better to to feel better um and uh it was interesting because i i really you know i was too young to really process what was going on with me but i started to recognize it later and it was really interesting to turn on the lights and course even when I, I recognized it wasn't until later later that I had a full handle on exactly how deep that kind of formed me gotcha so when when you uh, when you said you struggled you meant sort of socially socially yeah I, um, uh, I, I have uh, what's known as social anxiety disorder uh, I now realize um, but was pathologically shy and uh, it made I think that's part of the reason branching out was terrifying and that I thought I'd end up at Rick's um, uh, but yeah it, it um, and then how were you how you were treated by other kids didn't help that I'm guessing well no that's probably where it stems from I think okay. most people have that kind of history gotcha. with, with social anxiety disorder because um, that, that was I grew up in a small Mormon town in Centerville mm -hmm. and I kind of had a similar experience with mm -hmm. my church community where I was kind of always a little bit different and because these are the same kids I went to school with these are the same kids I played sports with the same kids I went to church with um, you know that sort of social ostracization happen with with kids I went to church with and so mm -hmm. so I can kind of relate to that yeah and I did always feel kind of an outsider hmm. um, yeah so um, so part of your way of dealing with that was through was through religion then. yeah yeah um, praying hard and um, and through that I, I developed a pretty personal and intense knowledge of Christ I think um, that that's uh, been tested absolutely <laughs> I've, I've had uh, periods of, of, of doubt as well but it, it was pretty foundational he became very real and, and an anchor to me from from pretty early on so you're so you're you're sort of reaching out for Christ in sort of that period where you were not feeling supported elsewhere that really helped yeah. carry you. Oh, yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Um, and so, um, so you kind of dealt with that. That's kind of junior high age, and mm -hmm. then did that sort of continue through high school, or? Uh, yeah, off and on, um, sort of. I, I mean, yeah, that's kind of drug on 
through my life, it, it, like a lot of, you know, gigs. <laughs> and <laughs> I was, I was definitely in that category. Uh, it's not till college that you blossom and and you start right. discovering that the world's not a cruel and intolerable place. <laughs> necessarily. Nice. Right. And um, uh, did you serve a mission? I did. Uh, I served in the Ohio-Cleveland mission. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. cool. What uh, was that like? It was, it was, it was great. I mean, it, the place is pretty steeped in church history. Uh, Kirtland Stake was there. I've uh, had zone meetings in the the building where uh, the vision of the three kingdoms was received. It's pretty interesting. Uh, and I spent a lot of time as someone who grew up in the whitest of white heartland Mormonism in the inner city in Akron and really grew to love uh, the black culture. Um, and uh, that was one of the things um, that I struggled with is because I saw so many of them join the church and would be excited. And I saw uh, members of the ward that did not like that. And yet I saw how wonderful and spiritual these people were. And I just, it broke my heart. And then when you're teaching them, you, of course, get the question, well, what was going on with this priesthood curse? And I never understood it. I, I never liked it. I read uh, uh, Mormon doctrine in the 80s because I was an egghead and read stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it just did not seem right to me. And I'm like, but he's an apostle. How can that be? Um, and I, I struggled with that, and I finally decided, well, you know, that's him. A lot of the stuff he's writing in there, that's his own thing. I mean, it, it bothered me, the stuff he said about the Catholic Church, because I've always really kind of hung on to the universalist kind of part of Mormonism, in uh, not so much the um, the other churches are evil and Great and abominable, great church, and abominable and church, and that, and I, I don't think that the great and abominable church was any literal church. I never took it to be that way, and I actually uh, picked up somewhere arguments that it wasn't that way, and you know, kind of decided, okay, well, maybe it's only when they're all in agreement that it's really coming from God, uh, but I never knew why the priesthood curse that always bugged me and to get asked that on your mission and you're not equipped to answer it um, but that was always kind of the thorn in my side I think more than anything in the church especially having served where I did and growing to love those people yeah I served I served my mission in the south and North Carolina and had a very similar experience serving in cities like Winston-Salem and Charlotte and yeah, you know, you and and that that particular issue definitely can uh, cause some problems. So, um, but your mission as a whole, good experience. Oh, it it was uh, it was a interesting experience. It, I mean, it was good. It, it it was good, especially the first 
I had the most incredible companion, incredible start to my mission that it carried me through all whatever garbage came later. I did become something of the specialist in handling problem companions. And where that stemmed from was actually interesting. It turned out to be kind of formative into what happened later. Um, uh, I got placed, this is back before the whole raise the bar, raise standards, no buddy with health risks or problems can be a missionary. Uh, and I had a companion uh, who was uh, mentally limited and uh, who struggled and, and was refused to go out on a mission for several years and then finally was allowed to go. And just going for him was a victory. But he didn't want to do anything and hadn't done anything being out for a year. And I got put with them and, and I and I got warned before the transfer even happened that, okay, you're going to get this companion. And uh, he is slow. And uh, it, it may be difficult. And, if you, and the mission president told me, if you need to call me anytime, you can go ahead and do that. And I uh, ended up being the first companion he'd ever had that got him to knock on a door and do a door approach. And uh, I really learned some a lot about myself during that process. I came to, you know, go from frustration and, you know, there's no work being done here. Our, our investigator pool dried up. Nothing was happening here. And, and going from that kind of frustration with, why would the Lord want this to happen? Uh, how can this be good? Um, to where I really learned um, to see that elder for what he was, a child of God. Um, I know that sounds a little trite, uh, but I, I learned to love him. And... Uh, he did teach me so much about myself uh, that I realized that it was time well spent. And, you know, once we were transferred out, both of us from that area, it blossomed and became this huge baptizing factory. And that was a little to my chagrin, but, you know, I knew it was okay. <laughs> so, you That's know, way cool. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, that was, that was, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that had an impact. Okay, cool. So um, after your mission, you went back to Utah State, finished up there, mm -hmm. right? And right. then uh, um, what sort of happened after that? Well, um, I had to decide what to do with the rest of my life. And, you know, I, I did grow and stretch a lot on my mission. Being someone with social anxiety, what could be more terrifying going up to strangers and talking about religion and having them yell at, scream at you? I mean, uh, but I was able to do it through persistence, and uh, I think that stretched me a lot. Um, and I, I, I really had a, a compassion for people. I, I love converts. It broke my heart how many of them don't stay active in the church. It, uh, it is kind of eye-opening when you see the numbers, at least in a place like Akron. 
and uh um but the greatest moments that i'd had in my mission were where i could really help others um and i loved science i loved biology and it seemed to me the best way to marry all that was to to go pre-medicine um you're not supposed to say any of that in a medical school interview because every single person who goes into medicine thinks that way. <laughs> but I was the stereotype, so. Um, and uh, and it, I mean, it was, it fit me. So uh, yeah, I went pre-medicine. I was uh, all about grades and getting into medical school and focus for almost all of college. Uh, to the point that I ran myself pretty ragged. And so, and I actually don't know if I asked you this. I mean, are you married? Do you have a family? I am married. Okay. I have three kids. Okay. Uh, we, you... we met at Utah State University. Okay, cool. Um, family all evening is summer ward. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we met at Utah State. We're both Aggies, and uh, I got lucky. I hit a home run on who I chose to marry. She's wonderful, and we fit. Very cool. Awesome. So before we uh, uh, plunge through into sort of med school and stuff like that, you know, looking back on sort of the, you know, your formative years, you mentioned that there were some periods where you it maybe experienced some doubts or things like that. Are there any, mm -hmm. is there anything really concrete that stuck out to you? You mentioned the the race issue and, and early um, Mormonism and things like that. Is there anything else that, you know, especially as somebody who loves science, I mean, did that ever become a conflict for you when you were younger? You no, know, I was always, I was always one of those um, kind of progressive knowledge is power, James E. Talmadge, kind of old school, uh, James or Witso. Mormonism and science go together perfectly well, and, and I had no fear of that. Um, and I think it's easy to maintain that um, in, in early college. It may get harder as you get older. Um, but yeah, as far as I was concerned, it, it was knowledge, it was progression, it was wonderful. Um, and uh, there's just so many amazing things to learn about everything and uh, I, I thrived in that yeah and, you know pure mormonism is knowledge right and exactly cool so but no like real we like only saved as fast as we gained yeah exactly yeah. exactly so no like existential faith crises or doubts growing no, up or not, anything like that not growing up uh not in undergrad it was um things came to head kind of later you know i I went to college right as the internet took off. Um, so I did kind of from the ground floor get involved in sort of the internet Mormonism because, you know, I thought it was cool. It was a way to branch out. Uh, but that stuff um, wasn't shaking for a long time. Um, the, the whole internet Mormonism thing took about 10 years to really take off. But, okay. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, uh, tell, tell us about med school. So what, uh, what was that like? Med school was, um, 
a challenge. Um, you know, I, because of the issues I have in, in, in my self-doubts, getting into medical school, even though I absolutely had the grades for it and the aptitude and the, it fit, uh, was I did not have the confidence in myself to interview well. And uh, I struggled uh, getting in uh, and had to apply a couple times. Uh, and uh, I got my first time around, I, inter I applied to like 15 schools, got interviewed at two, got put on the wait list for both of them and didn't get in. And then I only applied to those two the next year and got into one of them. So uh, I struggled to get in and that kind of played with my do I really belong here <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and uh, But the place that accepted me, uh, St. Louis University, is a Jesuit school. And what they wanted to do was to bring and, and build doctors who had religious faith because doctors are atheists more than the general population and they could I, as a religious school they did a lot of research into how you know that the profession as a whole kind of suffers because of that people don't trust doctors as much uh, whether that's fair or not um, because they they when you're sick you have spiritual needs and when you have a doctor who's completely foreign to that or maybe dismissive of that, it doesn't help make you a good healer. Um, and so they loved Mormons. Uh, they had quite a few <laughs> that they admitted into the class. And uh, it was a good place to go to medical school that way because it was very supportive and uh, a place that you know, wanted you to be involved in prayer that would have discussions about, well, what if you're with a family uh, who has a sick loved one who wants to pray? Are you going to be comfortable just sitting there with them? Um, because if you do, you will build a really strong relationship with that family. And, um, and uh, you know, that's the kind of place I... I would have wanted, I couldn't have picked a better place to go to medical school. Yeah, that's really great that they would incorporate that into um, sort of the, the training aspects yeah. of it. Yeah. I love the Jesuits. They're, they're wonderful. Very and cool. They're also a whole knowledge is power academic kind of, they have the same kind of outlook on religion and knowledge and science that I do. So it is a good fit. So what was your relationship like with your faith as you were going through medical school obviously from what you've alluded to it can be sort of a a trying experience and it sounds like yeah. it was good that you went to that kind of university where it would maybe kind of soften <laughs> soften some of those hard edges a little bit sure um i i uh, was active but i was also exhausted um and plagued with self-doubt and, you know, I now recognize that there have probably been three or four times that I've suffered major depression, one when I was 12, another in college, uh, right post-mission and in med school, um, uh, and then later. Um, 
and uh, so I didn't get real involved in my ward because I was very busy and I was very limited in how well I could interact with anyone else. Um, just just socially. Socially, right. Yeah. So I, I didn't feel a big part of my wards, although my wife kept me active. And, uh, you know, I had my hot and cold spells, but, you know, I didn't have any major faith crisis during medical school. Okay. It was more of a life crisis. Yeah, more of a <laughs> too much on your plate crisis. Yeah, <laughs> sounds exactly, like. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, um, when you had bouts of depression earlier in your life, you your faith was something that you could turn to to sort of help carry you. Um, but it's tough when you're, you know, so involved in medical school and have so much going on. Was that, did, that, did your religion offer the same kind of support to you in medical school? Or was it, you know, did you feel like the same way that, you know, your connection to Christ helped you when you were younger? Was, was that something that, that you were able to rely on as an adult going through med school? Well, when I feel good, there's a connection to Christ. But when you're depressed, the part of your brain that's associated with joy and love and just feeling good shuts down. And so you, you feel distant, not necessarily because you don't have faith, but you just, because physically it's impossible to feel the spirit. Um, so while I say I, I didn't really have a crisis of faith, I, I can't say that, you know, a spiritual high carried me through it because looking back now, I realize that I, I couldn't really feel the highest because I was stuck in the low. You couldn't really connect to it. And, and I, I was uh, anxious and my thoughts were racing out of control and I was tired and I was exhausted. and uh, So I, I didn't, no, I, I kind of, that was all kind of secondary during, during medical school. And did you had kids at this point? I had, yeah, our timing is, was awful on our kids. I had a, I can relate to that. I had one child right before step two, which is the, the giant medical exam that you take in halfway through med school, like just days before I took it. And uh, child number two, uh, we had literally, as um, we were moving from medical school to residency, like, he was discharged from the hospital an hour behind our moving van. It, it could not have been worse timing. And, you know, while, while I was kind of a little overwhelmed and still not sure that I could ever pull this off, feeling like an imposter in med school, to have all that happen when you have this huge change where you're thrown into the fire in residency and training, that put me over the edge. And that's when everything kind of crumbled for mm. me. Wow. Yeah, because I, uh, to a much lesser degree, had a similar experience. You know, we uh, we had our first kid, and I was just uh, finishing up part of my education, and we were moving for a job, and 
you know, it's, uh, it can be very stressful. I can't well, imagine yeah, going through I, adding... that's <laughs> Yeah, those are the risk factors for depression. Major life changes in that. Moved, new job, new child. They're, if you like, they have a scorecard for major life stressors. And uh, short of divorce, I, I scored about as high as you, or, or death <laughs> of a child. I scored about as high as you could. And it could have thrown anyone into a depression. And it threw me into a deep one. And uh, I did not function well uh, in residency for the first year or two. And where did you go for your residency? Uh, Indiana. Okay. I was at uh, Indiana um, Riley Hospital for Children. And so, obviously, at that point, you had, you had chosen sort of your, your specialty, Pediatrics. Well, I, I had chosen pediatrics, and yeah, actually, I, I knew I wanted to do neurology. I, uh, I, uh, during med school, I fell in love with neurology, um, child neurology especially. I, I love the developing brain. I found I did well with kids, and I thought I would want to do pediatrics, but then I did my pediatrics rotation, and, you know, vaccination and looking in ears all day just wasn't that stimulating. <laughs> so I knew I'd have to to uh, specialize and it, and uh, if you're going to pick an organ system to specialize in, it seemed that the brain would be the the one that you never get tired of. And for me it, it isn't. I, I don't think I could ever get tired of it. So it <laughs> sounds like that first year was really rough. Is that, I mean, um, during these other previous experiences with depression, I mean, did you get help for those things yet? Did you? No, okay. I don't. I mean, I, I sort of recognized in hindsight. I remember in on the high school newspaper, I was a reporter, and I wrote a big thing on suicide, and in part because I had been suicidal, and as I researched it, I recognized, I'm like, holy crap, I was depressed. <laughs> but you know, I figure. Right. But you know, I figure, okay, that's behind me. I don't have to worry if it's not like that's going to be a lifelong thing. Yeah, it's it's hard when you're. <laughs> it's definitely harder it's when, over, you're, right? when you're swimming in it. You yeah, know? exactly. Um, and uh, um, but uh, yeah, it it got to that point that it just didn't work, and it wasn't going to work. And I failed my first few rotations and got pulled out, and everyone could tell that it I wasn't right I had psychomotor slowing I couldn't walk fast it, it was pretty severe and yet you know I wasn't suicidal at that time so I was like well I can't be that bad can I <laughs> instead I felt you know like I didn't belong here here I am at my fifth place choice residency not cutting it uh, feeling like an imposter, barely got into med school. I, can, I have this whole narrative in my head of how I didn't belong. And uh, and uh, I blame that more. But uh, the thing about medical schools and residencies is they've learned, and they're required by law, to have counseling in place. And have some psyche valves and stuff like that. Exactly. And uh, I uh, got put in... in, in touch with this uh, amazing counselor and they got me the help I needed and it really changed my life um, but unfortunately 
doctors, I think more even than religious people. And, and they sh there's no excuse for this, but they have a big prejudice <laughs> against depression. <laughs> you get preached to the whole time in medical school. It's a mental con it's a condition. It has a physiologic basis. It can be treated. It has mortality. But if you have it, you can't be a doctor. <laughs> really? Okay. It, they have this double standard. Um, and so while I got the help I needed, but I had this lingering stigma. You had sort of this asterisk by you now. Like, yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, I wasn't planning on getting this long into my story. <laughs> I think... Uh, I think it's beneficial to talk about this kind of stuff sure. because, you know, like my yeah. wife, for example, dealt with anxiety for years, mm -hmm. and but she came from a family like you don't you don't talk to people about your problems. You you suck it up and you work through it. Where me, I've been going to shrink since I was like eight, you know, <laughs> and I was like, you need to see somebody. You yeah. need to see a doctor. <laughs> no, sure. no, no, it's fine. I just need to eat better. Yeah, you yeah. know, like and so I think it's good to have these kind of discussions because sure. uh, it's uh, it's a real thing yeah so, so yeah I am I, um, my residency completely fell apart I got the help I needed I started to realize that you know what I I do have it in me to be a good doctor and I got into medical school for all the right reasons and there are people who don't and uh, I I had what I felt was a calling and, and to a certain specialty and darn it I was going to do that specialty and no one was going to stand in my way and the residency was standing in my way big time and it came within a thread of just falling apart um, but somehow it worked out and the reason it worked out is because where I went to med school, they knew that I would be a great child neurologist. I knew them, and when they heard what had happened, they were baffled by it because they thought I'd be wonderful as a resident. <laughs> and uh, they gave me a chance, and and uh, I was able to scramble into where I went to med school because of people I knew, and uh, had had mentored me into the field that I was going into. Um, and, you know, I did get a healthier outlook on my faith um, as part of the whole repairing the depression. Um, because part of depression is just this overabundance of guilt, uh, excessive guilt. You feel guilty about imaginary things that no one should feel guilty for. Um, and... Uh, and Mormons have a lot of guilt. <laughs> they do. They do. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was part of it. It's not the major part. I do get a little, and, and, and I don't know if this is overly dismissive for people for whom Mormonism is a huge part, but I do get a little irritated when everyone wants to drag religion into it. I think all religions struggle with depression because they're about positive feelings. And, you know, how can you possibly, if you know God, feel bad and, and sad and down? That's just not right. 
it should be impossible. And, and so it makes every religion a little uncomfortable. I don't think that's unique to Mormonism. But it is there in Mormonism, definitely. And uh, I had to learn, well, okay, we're trying to be like Christ. Would Christ be full of these self-doubts? Would Christ be, or would Christ know who he is and then share that with everyone else? And so I had to, to come to a place with the help of this counselor who was wonderful and um, not Mormon. And uh, she helped me to, to get to a much healthier place. And she, she taught me meditation. She was very kind of new agey. And uh, things that really helped bring down the anxiety and, and build a sense that I could function because I believed in myself for the first time. Uh, and that was an important spiritual growth point. Um, and anchored my faith more, even though it really had nothing to do with church in particular. Interesting. It just sort of uh, yeah. it uh, elevated everything that was going on, including your, including your faith. Yeah. So this is a good plug for therapy. Therapy is a good thing, right? Therapy is a good thing. And you know, medication, I was scared to death of it. It felt like a defeat. I'm like, I'm putting chemicals in my brain. I'm invading myself. But the truth is, when you are down that low, you need a kickstart. It's not the cure, but you can't begin to repair these circuits that are wired wrong unless you get a lift from the medication. Some psychological momentum. Yes, exactly. So people hate antidepressants. They're, they're afraid of them. I was afraid of them. Uh, but they do have their place. Uh, and when you combine them with therapy, uh, you can get to a much healthier place than you could with either of them alone. Um, because when your brain is shut down, it's impossible to feel anything but guilt and anxiety and racing thoughts and lack of concentration and feelings of worthlessness and suicidality. Um, you just aren't going to be able to learn how to meditate and take deep breaths and have positive thoughts because you're trapped and you have to get out from under that trap first. Cool. So, um, so I hear you right. So you left Indiana and went back to Missouri? Or? Yes, I went okay. back to St. Louis. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was able to get credit for one year of pediatrics in the three I was there, <laughs> which, which was an interesting compromise and a hard one to explain to anyone I interviewed with besides St. Louis. And uh, you, there is a track. You're supposed to do two. Uh, there is a track where you can do one year of medicine adult medicine and one year of pediatrics. Um, and so I did a transition year in medicine just so I could get into child neurology program, meet the requirements. Um, cool. So I was able to salvage a little something uh, from my pediatric experience without having to start all over, um, which, you know, by then it had been three years. I, um, three years is 
I'll never get back. At the same time, they were important three years. Like an important crucible <laughs> to go through, right? It was. Uh, you know, it's kind of cliche to say that, you know, people come through depression stronger and, and adversity makes you stronger. And that doesn't necessarily make it less true, but I think it trivializes uh, what you go through how soul-killing depression really is, how low um, you're at. Uh, so yes, I, I came through it much stronger. It, it formed me into who I am. Um, but it was not a trivial thing, and there are people who don't survive it. Right. And I am just fortunate uh, because... Um, Things could have been a whole lot different, and uh, it wasn't all in my control. Um, uh, so I, I've been lucky, and I realize that. Come the fruit of every blessing to my heart to sing the praise. Thank you for joining us today on A Thoughtful Faith. To discuss this podcast, check us out at athoughtfulfaith.org. The music from this podcast was generously donated by Lisa Frazier. Hear more from her at lisafrazier.com. Mind my